Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this apparently insignificant sports show today here in the Eastern Panhandle. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Uh, we are produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. And we've got Nick and we've got Colin. Um, Colin, what are you doing? I-, I was trying to see if this was a teleprompter, but it's just a clock. So, <laughs> No worries. All right. yeah, No teleprompters in this studio ever. I don't know where you would fit one. I don't either. I guess technically, I guess technically you could put a camera on top of the teleprompter here and you could just have a whole system in the middle, but that teleprompter. Yeah. But that is not the case because we don't have teleprompters here in the studio. Never have, never will. If you'd like to donate one, we'll take it. Well, this is not a uh, scripted show. These are all, these are all live shows that are about topics going on in the country or in the area in the country we'll be in the country when we make fun of the dallas cowboy yeah as i say we talk national sports here uh we'll get into that but uh let's first start with some epac uh basketball news from the weekend obviously a big weekend in epac hoops a lot going on we'll start with um our broadcast that we had friday night we'll start with we'll do it in chronological order of the day so we'll start with friday night games and then we'll go into saturday games and then we'll preview things going on around the EPAC tonight. Uh, but Friday night on TV 10, you saw Musselman beat Martinsburg 65-60. to The Appleman now 3-7, and 1-3 and three in the EPAC. Well, the Bulldogs are now uh, – let me find it on here. They are 6-7 six, six and seven after Friday night. Uh, we'll get into their next game Saturday. But they're now 1-4 and four in the EPAC as they fall down below Musselman. Yeah, I thought it was a great win for Musselman, uh, starting with – the play they were get it, getting out of the uh, the Sheltons. Colton Shelton comes up to the varsity squad uh, to come off the bench, and I thought he did a really nice job along with Logan Shelton of uh, helping control the offense and defending Avion Blackwood, uh, which Baden Hartman had the assignment of early on, and he did a nice job as well. And then uh, Musselman really got its best team performance. Saw Gavin McLean. Uh, score you know in double figures to go along with Matt Mahood, who's been doing that all year. So to have that secondary scoring was really big in the game. Some guys off the bench uh, contributed well for Musselman. So overall, they you know really executed. And after that second quarter, you know they got down eight at halftime. It looked like Martinsburg had an opportunity to pull away, but Musselman comes out starts the third quarter on like a sixteen to three run, yeah. and that really put them in the driver's seat to finish out the game strong and get that win. So it makes Musselman, I think, a formidable team here moving forward. Maybe not quite on the level of those top three teams, but I think you get uh, Wollston back. And if this kind of core that's been together all year can start playing like it did on Friday on a consistent level, they're at least a team that could uh, be competitive with these other teams toward the end of the year. So 
it's a huge win for Musselman and it puts you with some concerns about the Bulldogs, I think, moving forward. Yeah, that third quarter was a clear difference maker for Musselman to be able to take control, have the lead going into the fourth quarter. And when you have the lead as well as home court advantage with the environment that both teams were playing in on Friday night, it's going to be tough for a road team to come back in those situations. And even though Martinsburg came close in the end, they had an opportunity uh turnover going back the other way it was Musselman to go up by five and that also had an injury during that same play to arguably the best shooter for Martinsburg Quay Clark so he was out for that final possession in the final 10 seconds of the game for Martinsburg so it seemed like their chances were really gone after that and it was a great win for Musselman and I agree even though they don't seem like they're there maybe with the top three teams in Jefferson, Hedgesville, and Spring Mills in the EPAC just yet. Nick, I think with the addition of Williston at the maybe end of this month or beginning of next month, they could potentially play spoiler down the road. Yeah, and that's the big key is, you know, we had seen him warming up when we were at the, we were at the Martins, or excuse me, Musselman Jefferson game. He was seen kind of not warming up, warming up, but, you know, moving around a lot better than he was when we first saw him in December, which is obviously a good sign. Talking to uh, uh, to Coach Basile, he said, because uh, we had seen him warming up, he said that he would dress and that uh, hoping by the, his projected date, he was cleared to participate in activities, which was a good thing. Cleared to practice. He had just started practicing two days prior, I believe, and then he – was looking to go for their February 1st game, if not before that, on the 31st game where they play University, which, again, key game in the state. Yeah, that would be a big one. And then, if not the other one, I don't know if it was February 1st or a few days after that, but it's um, against Hedgesville, I know, for a fact. So be nice to see him against University on January 31st, a day, I guess, sooner than we were originally told since we were told the beginning of well, February. originally we were told beginning to mid-February. Okay. I only saw on the roster when he sent it to us at the start of the season, beginning of February. But uh, So Washington would be on 2-4. So University is 131, Washington is Saturday, 2-4. But if it's Washington, then uh, but that, I was in the right ballpark. Yeah, EPAC. you were in the right, you know, it was an EPAC game. Um, but uh, we'll move on here to the next game. Uh, that was very significant in the conference. Uh, that was Hedgesville at Spring Mills. Spring Mills ends up getting the victory, forty-six to thirty. But I was seeing 40. forty-six to forty. Excuse me. I was seeing some stuff, and I did just get a confirmation text from Coach Luke Samples uh, that uh, we had heard Keyshawn Cheek was no longer with the program due to some other stuff happening. Uh, he text me back and says quote he won't be with us for the foreseeable future end quote so he's not off the program entirely according to what he tells me that's still a big blow yeah it's still a big blow that he he was not with the team and he won't be with the team for the foreseeable future yeah definitely uh you know unfortunate there for spring mills but in terms of uh, the game, they still found a way to get a win, which I think shows the quality of this team, uh, what kind of separates them from last year's team. I don't think last year's team would win without Keyshawn Cheek, and this year's team has found ways to do that. 
Uh, they've gotten other guys to step up when he's been out. Um, and now not having him for the foreseeable future, they still find a way to beat Hedgesville, who looked like the best team in the EPAC, you know, just the other night when they knocked off Jefferson. So maybe that's Spring Mills. I mean, I think it's definitely wide open between those three. I don't think there's too much separation from them. And uh, we'll get another indication of that tomorrow night when Jefferson takes on Spring Mills. And, um, you know, there's clearly, I think, a lot of good balance there in the EPAC and a lot of good teams there toward the top um, that are playing at a high level. Yeah. Spring Mills, you know, has other players that have played well. You know, uh, Broadley's played well, or Bordley's played well, excuse me. Uh, so he's been a nice addition. And then obviously you have, you know, the guys that all returned from last year and Thomas Robinson, um, Max Anderson, you know, so, uh, Franklin. So there's a lot of talent there that's already there, but not having Keyshawn is definitely, you know, going to be unfortunate for them, but I'm sure they'll continue to still be a respectable and, and maybe even the best team in the EPAC, even without Cheek. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's keep moving on here. Washington fell to Greenbrier West, uh, 71-66 Friday night, and then they turned around as they were on that trip to the Greenbrier Valley. They took on um, Greenbrier East on Saturday, one of the top 10 teams in the state. They fell 67-35. They're now 2-8, and eight, and uh, that was a tough road trip for them regardless of – it would be a tough road trip for any team regardless of record – yeah, you would have, if you're Washington, loved to obviously go 1-1, one one, if not 2-0 and in that. But I believe, if um, memory serves me well, that first one against Greenbrier West that was 71-66 went into overtime, right? Yes, that's what I so, saw. At least they fought and were able to keep it tied in regulation, just fell short in overtime. So you, there's still probably positives there for Washington to build off of and realize that it was just tough competition and hopefully get better coming back into conference play yeah i mean washington's had you know a pretty tough start to the year but we'll see how they uh play in the future obviously it's good to get good competition so yeah we'll see them twice uh in the next month we'll see them at Martinsburg on the 7th, and then I don't have their game off the top of my head who they are playing on the 14th. They're playing Musselman. They're hosting Musselman on the 14th. That's the one we rescheduled. Yes, that's the one we had to pick up after we couldn't do the other game that we had initially scheduled due to conflicts of timing. Christmas parade. The Christmas parade yep. that had to be made up, which we had already just said we were going to do and put our allocations towards that. Uh, but... Uh, then Hedgesville turns around. They get a win on Saturday against DC International, forty-five to twenty-one. They're now twelve and three. So they, you know, they have that bad loss to Hedges, or excuse me, to Spring Mills, and then they go get a win on Saturday. It's obviously good, but it doesn't count much because it is not an EPAC team. Uh, but it's still a win. Yeah, I mean, you always want to get wins uh, on your resume to move forward. So I wouldn't say necessarily either. It is necessarily a bad loss to Spring Mills. Mills more of a disappointing loss for them but uh this is still a Hedgesville team with a ton of talent ton of veterans so they'll continue to be a team that I would expect to be either the one or two seed in the region or in the section and uh have a great chance to be one of the two teams that make it to Charleston from the EPAC so 
tough loss to Spring Mills, but I think the way they battled back shows a lot about their team, and you know they were able to bounce back and get a win the next day. So we'll see where they go from here. But I, I still like this Hedgesville team quite a bit. I think they'll, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's not too much of a difference between Jefferson Hedgesville and Spring Mills. So we'll kind of have to wait and see to see who ends up being that top squad, but. Uh, you know, Hedgesville clearly has talent that they can come back and bounce back from that tough loss and, and get a win. Yeah, and then the next game that we'll talk about here was a game that we had for you Saturday afternoon on TV10. That was Martinsburg. They fell to Morgantown 97-59. to Dogs are now 6-8 and on the season. But uh, it, it wasn't all bad in that ball game, as, as we saw, Nick, is because Martinsburg had a lead there after the first quarter. Yeah, Martinsburg was up 18-15 after the first quarter, but then Morgantown slowly but surely started to turn it on and, and pull away and, and show that they are probably going to win the state championship again as the best team in the state of West Virginia. Uh, they're very tough. You know, Sharon Young's one of the best players. Uh, Davis is a really solid player that Shepard's going to have playing for them soon. So those two started to really uh, pick things up and then you saw Morgantown get out of run, get out and run and, and get those fast break dunks and just were the better team, the more experienced team. But Warrensburg um, can take some positives from that first quarter and that they you know battled throughout. Uh, but Morgantown is clearly a team on a different level right now. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned it during the pregame on Saturday that this was the only game that Morgantown had all week they had to sit through a freshman game and then a jv game before the varsity game so it would have been obviously with those things factoring in safe to assume that it was going to be a slow start i feel like for morgantown and yet they were still three points away from putting up 100 points even though they trailed 18 15 after the first quarter and i've said it time and time again i think that even though they have one loss nobody's touching them in this state in class 4a and that they're going to be a repeat of the state champions this year and from what we saw i think that statement will still hold true because they looked re- really impressive against martinsburg yeah i would agree with you on that last game of saturday that we'll touch on here jefferson went up to maryland and took on the private school st james they won 83 to 68 they're now seven and four on the year and uh so it's a solid win against a private school in St. James. Uh, we'll be there tomorrow as they host Spring Mills, which will be another big clash for them. Jefferson definitely needed a win there in the non-conference against a quality opponent. It's been a little bit since they got that. So to win over St. James, I think that gives the Cougars some confidence, especially after a tough loss to Hedgesville the other day. So uh, Jefferson's right back where they want to be, I think, after that win, and that's good to see them uh you know winning one of those tough games in the non-conference because they had a few losses there uh to saint maria garetti the game we had that they lost at the buzzer um so they've had some tough losses this year that i think make their record a little bit worse than what the team quality is and i uh think that that's good to see them get that non-conference win and to win pretty handily is uh good to see as well I agree with Nick that it's a quality win, even though a lot of people will probably go now and look at Spring or not Spring Mills, uh, St. James, and say this is a I think now two and nine team 
on the year. You got to keep in mind that it's a private school in Maryland that's able to recruit from all around the country and time and time again have had talent that have went on to play Division One level and be known nationally. So it is a quality opponent, even though this year they're struggling. So the fact that Jefferson was able to get the win, rebuild now, and refocus for this game tomorrow against Spring Mills, in which they want to stay in that conversation as the top teams in the EPAC, they need that win. Yeah, they definitely do. And for them this week, obviously, we'll have the game against Spring Mills that we will have for you tomorrow. Then they're going to host Hampshire Wednesday, and then we'll have their game on Friday as they'll be at Martinsburg. And then they'll have a week off till their next game. They'll host their travel abroad, Fording, Christian, and uh, then they'll have a couple weeks left with games uh, with four EPAC games and then two out-of-conference games at a tournament against South Charleston and George Washington. So for them uh, – Getting this these upcoming conference wins is going to be huge, but then the, able to play South Charleston, George Washington towards the end of the years could really help them towards making it to potentially back to the state tournament. Well, I think Coach Lewis wanted to schedule those teams too because uh, those are teams that you could run into in the state tournament. So I yeah. think he wanted to get those looks against those opponents for his school for his team because I think that was something that maybe was missing in their schedule last year. And then when they got to the state tournament and got upset, um, you know, this time they're kind of familiar with those kind of teams. But uh, like we said earlier, it does look like Morgantown's going to win it all, but it's still uh, important to try to get in. And, and with these uh, single-game elimination tournaments, you know, even though Morgantown is the best team, the best team doesn't always win. So. Yeah. That's something to, you know, I mean, look at March Madness. It's very similar to that. You go down one game and you just don't play your best basketball. You could see them get upset. So, while it does seem like Morgantown would be the favorites, doesn't necessarily mean that they'll win it all, even though they are the best team probably. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. There's three games in the area tonight. One on the boys' side, Musselman travels to Broad Fording Christian in Maryland. That looks to be a pretty winnable game for the Appleman as Broad Fording's been beaten by other EPAC teams this year. Uh, two girls EPAC games this uh, this evening. Musselman travels to Washington. Uh, we'll talk about that quickly. It could be an intriguing game. We saw Musselman knock off Martinsburg last week after Martinsburg knocked off Washington. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. Yeah, first after uh, Martinsburg was able to get that win against Washington, even though it was close, I, I was starting to lean more towards the fact that maybe it goes Spring Mills clear above everybody else on the girls' side, and then you'd put Martinsburg in that two spot and everybody else would be fighting for third. But I still feel like everybody's now fighting for second, just beating up on each other. And instead of three teams in that conversation for second, I think you have to keep Musselman in there after they were able to get that win against Martinsburg if they're able to obviously do it against Washington it puts them even more into that because you got to remember when it comes to basketball Musselman's on that side of the section with Jefferson and Washington so yes even though they got that win against Martinsburg it won't even though it will go towards the seating not mean as much as if it was a win against those other two schools, Jefferson and Washington, because it's only a region win instead of a section win. Yeah, that's definitely something to look out for. And then tonight, the other girls' game, Jefferson travels to Spring Mills, which look, I mean, Washington fighting for the Section 2 championship regular season, but it looks like these could be Section 1 and Section 2 regular season champs.
that'll be an interesting one tonight to see how much Jefferson can keep up with Spring Mills. But that will do it for our first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to your next vehicle on, or go buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on this side of this break. Oh, we'll talk uh, another Shepherd player decides where he is going to transfer to. Actually, pretty big school. And uh, then we'll talk some college hoops, Shepherd hoops in West Virginia. So that's after this two-minute break. You're in the Sports Mix. I'm talking to WRN and Duvetin. Close to an This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. When kids are small, we tend to spend most of our time saying no instead of yes. As our parents and grandparents age, we sometimes say no to visits instead of yes. Life can be overwhelming and sometimes it's nice to say yes to making memories and starting a future by playing the West Virginia Lottery. You're saying yes to tomorrow's leaders and today's seniors and furthering the beauty of the mountain state. When you play, you say yes to West Virginia. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. TV 10 Spencer Nick and Colin hanging out with you produced on the TV 10 side by Gerald Wright well I uh, started off with a uh, shepherd or former shepherd player uh, who had announced his intent to transfer at uh, I'd say like January 4th I believe uh, he has found a new home and he makes the jump from division two to division one FBS the highest level of college football that being Devin Lynch, the former star linebacker for the Rams. He is going to Western Kentucky University out of Conference USA as a grad transfer. He announced via Twitter yesterday afternoon. Uh, you'll have two years of eligibility remaining, and uh, that's a good get for uh, Western Kentucky, Nick. Definitely. You know, Congratulations to Devin, first of all, for moving up uh, to play D1 FPS football. Uh, as a guy that 
Started his career as a linebacker, moved to defensive back, and then moved back to linebacker and had an excellent season for Shepard, was second on the team in tackles. Uh, played probably his best game in that IUP game uh, to send Shepard to Colorado School of Mines before, unfortunately, the season came to a close. But, I mean, this was a guy that had a breakout year, had a great season for the Rams, and then took advantage of that season and uh, got to move up and, and play at a higher level of college football. So excited for Devin Lynch to see what he's able to do at the next level. Um, it is going to be, though, a big loss for the Rams. They're going to have to fill that linebacker room up behind Dwayne Grantham and figure some things out. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for Devin, so I don't blame him at all for taking that chance. And uh, glad it worked out for him. Yeah, no, I'll be cheering him on for his future there at uh, WKU. I don't know about you guys, though. How tough will it be to cheer on a hilltopper? Being well, they don't play Marshall, Marshall grads. anymore. I know so. they don't play Marshall anymore, but it's not too big there's an deal. old rivalry that still kind of lingers there, right? Yeah. The moonshine throwdown. You can, root for, uh, you can root for players and not teams school. just wanted yes. to mess with you about it. But. Uh, yeah, but looking at his numbers from Shepard this year, he was second on the team in tackles and just above him, 12 more tackles, was Dwayne Grantham. Uh, he had 5.5 tackles for loss, a sack, three picks, second on the team, in, or tied for second on the team in picks. Uh, where else here? I lost. Uh, he had one, or no, yeah, one pass breakup, uh, one fumble recovery with two forced fumbles. So, I mean, that's going to be a big loss we know on this team, Nick. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the numbers, and you just – good leader, too. So, they're definitely losing a lot there, but I'm sure Shepard has already kind of tried to address this through the transfer portal with some of the guys they've brought in early on. So, And you brought that up right there. I forgot to talk about this because I tweeted about it from the Sports Mix account yesterday. Uh, they Shepard loses um, – Dwayne Grant, or excuse me, not Dwayne Grantham. That'd be a very bad loss. They lose Devin Lynch, and they pick up a outside linebacker from JUCO, uh, Jack Brutus, who was at um, let me see the name of the college, Saint Rosa Junior College, I believe in California, but he's from Maryland. So I would presume that uh, they he was being recruited at one point in high school by Shepard. Potentially, yeah. And don't forget too, they have JT Komoyao who returns, who played a. Uh, big role in that IUP game when Dwayne Grantham was out. So he was lining up next to Lynch. There's a good chance that he could line up next to Grantham, and he played really well. So they have other guys on the team that can step in and and take over for Devin. Uh, But Devin Lynch did have a great season last year for Shepard, and he's one of the many players that they either could lose or have already lost to the transfer portal with him and Marlon Cook. So – it's definitely different because the Rams aren't used to having to replace guys that were starters in the portal uh, since it's become a big, big thing. But uh, now they're going to have to do that, and, and we'll see how this team looks next year. But I would still expect Shepard to be one of the best teams in the East, even without Bajent and, and everybody that they've lost, just because I think that staff will find players and will get guys to step up. Uh, 
because there is a lot of talent already on the roster and there's talent that could they could uh add to the team so i wouldn't be concerned about Shepard next necessarily they may not be at the level that they've been in the past uh because they are losing you know tyson bajan obviously and, and some other great ronnie players. brown joey fisher yeah but ryan walker it's a program that has such a great history and uh has a lot of talent on the roster currently that while you are concerned about it it's it's not like you you would think Shepard would be a bad team or anything I, I would still say seven eight nine wins maybe even more for the Rams is very likely possibility yeah I would tend to agree with you on that let's now shift positions here from Shepard football we're moving to Shepard basketball Shepard men's hoops now on a three-game winning streak they got a 69-64 win over Mansfield on Saturday uh, after that big win against number 14 East Stroudsburg on Thursday. So that made a four-game or three-game win streak four of the last five games they've now won. Uh, they're now sitting at 10-7, and 7-4 seven, seven and four in the conference here uh, before a, a game tonight. They'll be at Westchester, then they'll be at Shippensburg on Wednesday, and then at home against Cutstown on Saturday. Uh, it's, a, it's a big week for the Rams after already having this three-game win streak. Yeah, and that third win that you just mentioned, a second-half comeback. So yeah. it was an impressive one after and even more impressive win before that. So this team's playing good basketball right now. We were waiting for that mentality to change after the uh, tough loss, I believe it was, to Lockhaven, correct or no? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Uh, and we said on the show after that that the attitude and the culture needed – a shift and well, they needed to that. wake up I, yeah i did i was gonna let you guys get the credit too because they have woke up so yeah but you did say that you also said you wanted to go on a rant at one point you wanted yeah i mean it, it still could be there there's still a lot of season left but right now they're playing good basketball so i'm gonna give them credit for it hit you with the aaron Rodgers r-e-l-a-x relax Colin. good <laughs> we needed it because they're they're playing much better they are and uh you know, this is a tough week though. Westchester, Shippensburg cuts down all solid teams. So, um, hopefully, if you're the Rams, you can come away with at least two wins there and uh, keep playing good basketball. And you'll put yourself in an opportunity to be in the PSAC tournament and potentially make a run. I like, though, the way this team's playing and really what held them back to last year. You have to remember the injuries they had so far hasn't been an issue for Shepard. So as long as they stay healthy and I think continue to get better and play uh, competitive games, this team will be in the tournament and uh, have an opportunity to potentially play spoiler if they are get hot, as we already saw them knock off East Strasburg, who's a you know really good team. Yeah, and moving on to the women's side, they fell once again now 0-15, in the PSAC, and if they were going to win a game, we kind of thought it could have been this game. They fell 72-63 to a now 2-13, and 1-10 Mansfield team. Um, and it was really that first half where they got behind and it just wasn't enough in their second half. They uh, they got behind at half 44-24. Um, to 24. So it was a 20-point difference at half. Uh, but then they went out and scored 39 points in the second half to 28. So it was you know, a respectable ball game at the end. Megan Shipley with 20 points, 5 rebounds. Uh, Kara Miner with 15 points, 9 rebounds, 11 points for Peyton Grant, the freshman. Kendall Haggerty had 6 along with Sidney Boyles with 6, who we'll see kind of get more back into things as she is still coming back from that injury. 
Uh, but you know, this was probably by far their most winnable game that they've had this season, I felt like. Yeah, I felt like that originally, but when you just mentioned the fact that they were down 20 at the half, it kind of shows that it wasn't right. Well, a slow we, start. We, Barring seen... a slow start, they could have won that game. Yeah, but we even though I, I guess that was the opponent that we thought they could beat, it, I wouldn't go as far as to say that was the game that they could have finally won because Mansfield played better. They got that 20-point lead and was able to hold on compared to other games that we've seen this year. For Shepard, they were tied, or I, I think there was a game that they were actually in the lead at halftime. No, or was it just after a basket at the start of the second half? I might be... Wrong in that first half, but I, I know it was Cardinal a close game. It was the game that was on like when we were on the show. It was forty six, forty five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the and they lost show. by twenty. Th- that's a game that I felt like was more winnable because down the stretch into that second half, they were in it. This one, they had to play from behind. So it's still frustrating, no matter how they lose. Right? It needs to start putting themselves together. We knew this year was going to be different than last year because of a lot of the, the leaving of Coach Eckleberry. It was going to be a rebuild, but it, it's still tough, obviously, yeah. and frustrating as a fan, and I know it's definitely frustrating for them as players and staff as well. Yeah, it definitely is. But, uh, it is their closest loss since they fell to Lincoln by the same score. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a positive. I think they do have one more, they have one more opportunity with Mansfield on uh, February 8th where you could get the revenge and, and get that win. Uh, but, you know, obviously the Shepherd women's team is just struggling right now, but, I mean, that's what we expected. So I think the fact that they were competitive at least and, and battled back I think says a lot that they're not giving up on the season even though they are 0-16. Yeah. Uh, let's move on now to, to the Mountaineers. They fell to – uh, what was then number seven, Texas, at the Coliseum, 69-61. Um, again, apologies if you were listening on the radio side. Uh, I I thought two hours and 15 minutes was enough time to get a basketball game in, but apparently this basketball game lasted two hours and 17 or 18 minutes. Uh, with the kickoff for the Westwood One game at, at 8.15, I thought that 8.00, Changing over at 8.15 was enough time, but unfortunately just missed the bitter end. But West Virginia fell 69-61, now 11-8, and and uh, just that one win in Big 12 play. Kadrian Johnson had uh, 22 points. It was 12 points for Trey Mitchell with eight boards. Everybody else held uh, below double digits. Colin, what's your take on this Mountaineer team? Too many turnovers and too many fouls. That, that was the issue. They shot under 40%, which – Still frustrates me. Their uh, three-pointers was fine at 34.8%. You made eight threes. That's okay. But when you turn the ball tw- or turn the ball over, excuse me, 20 times in a game, especially when you're at home in the Big 12, you're not winning. That was a winnable game, again, that down the stretch, WVU failed. And even though they shot 13 of 18 down the stretch, it seemed like in the end when you were trying to stay close and – eventually take the lead against Texas late. It was free throws that those five were missed came in that time. So it was another frustrating loss, and hopefully they can bounce back. But you can't be going back and forth like this if you want to make it to March. 
Yeah, and uh, they'll have to put it behind them by Wednesday. They take on Texas Tech at Texas Tech at 7 p.m. Pre-game from the Mountaineer Sports Network is set for 6 p.m., but that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer, located at 360 Hackwell's Way in Martinsburg or online at orsinis.com. When we come back, we'll recap NFL Divisional Weekend after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Since you know when got talked into going Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures. So we've seen improvements in, in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing. I worked in the county, I worked in public school, and that's what I knew. Um, and I knew I wanted to be able to give her more, so I would recommend this to anyone. You know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, the, the family-like environment is exactly what she needed. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as always. Now we're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern Gerald Wright. Happy to have you with us for this Monday, January 23rd edition of the NFL Divisional Round Weekend. It started on Saturday uh, with Chiefs and Jaguars. And uh, 27-20 was the score, right? Yep. I did not tune into this one. To be just frank with you guys, I was little, I was tuning in, but not not uber uh into it if that was i was saw it on you a didn't tv uber to the game <laughs> i did i saw it on a tv where i was at at the establishment the fine establishment of all these vip ah wow he was out yeah. we didn't get I an invite about. yeah what else is new um <laughs> it was actually a better game than 
I thought it would have been. It's probably the best one. Yeah. 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 Closest if game. it wasn't for two turnovers for Jacksonville, since Mahomes got hurt during the game, honestly, Jacksonville probably would have won. Yeah. But Mahomes did come back. The real question is how will, will he play this week? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I mean, uh, you know, it's an ankle sprain, I believe. So yeah, those high, high ankle sprain. Yeah, those are very are worse. tough to you know tell whether a guy will play or not. Um, but I think since it is the AFC Championship, if he thinks he can go at all, I think he's going to be out there, even if he's very limited mobility wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like we said, I mean, it's the AFC Championship. Like, it's all on the line here. And Mahomes also already has his money. So, while, I mean, you obviously don't want to risk, like, a huge injury, but if you think you can go and, and you know, even just sit in the pocket and throw, I don't see why that won't happen. But I don't know the significance of the injury, so I'm not going to, you know, question the decision either way. Yeah. But, um I hope he's out there. I think it makes for a much better game. So if he's not, you know, Chad Henney, while he's a solid backup, I just wouldn't have much confidence in the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I think they'll do fine either way. But even if they don't have Mahomes at 100%, at least they still have Travis Kelsey at 100%. Right? What a game that he had. 14 catches, 98 yards on those 14 catches, and two touchdowns so yeah Mahomes is clearly the difference maker if he's in or out but you still got to have somebody to give the ball to and a talent like Travis Kelsey the best tight end in the league right now helps so even if it does come down the stretch to potentially be any if Mahomes goes out there and hopefully this isn't the case obviously but if something does happen again to where it gets re-aggravated or something and he has to be benched because of that and he could still potentially get the job done, but it it's going to be tough nonetheless against Cincinnati. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely tough. And Cincinnati, obviously, defeating the Bills twenty-seven to ten. And uh, Demar Hamlin, cool scene where he comes out on the field pregame, and then these they show him in his box at halftime. That's pretty awesome for him to be at the game there. And uh, but the Bills fall. Uh, the Bengals just proved to be too much for the Bills, guys. I think the Bills, I mean, just all of a sudden, toward the end of the year, just had all these issues offensively. With turnovers and poor chemistry. We saw the whole Stephon Diggs situation there at the end of the game and, and throughout the game, was you know, yelling at Josh Allen. So, all of a sudden, there's like a lot of concerns with, with me for the Bills moving forward. And, you know, the Bengals obviously win the game and, and give credit to them. Uh, but you kind of could see this like coming with Buffalo just based on how they've been playing, and I picked the Bills because I just didn't want to see the Bengals win, but I wasn't surprised that they did, um, you know, especially with how Burrow was able to play on on Sunday. So uh, I think the Bills moving forward, you got to be a little bit concerned about Allen and, and his turnovers and just the inconsistencies they've shown this season offensively. Uh, it's definitely you know something that's interesting to look at but for Cincinnati I mean they just continue to be really one of the top teams in the AFC one of the top teams in the league and uh you know we'll see what they can do in this AFC championship game but great win for them yeah great win for them 
And uh, we move on to the NFC side. Saw Saturday night that the Eagles rolled all over the Giants. I'm not surprised whatsoever. The Eagles are a lot better team, especially with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the, the Giants are clearly outmatched. I'm not surprised, too, but the common theme I want to go to, at least for the first three games that we've been talking about, and it'd probably be the same case for the fourth one, when it comes to playoff football, the difference is always in the ground game. If you can establish a ground game, you're going to be the winners, and so far out of the three games that we've talked about, they've done so, and especially on Saturday night, the Eagles, 268 rushing yards. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to always defense and running the football. That's what wins games in December and January, and we uh, have seen that so far in the playoffs. It's always something that you have to have is a good running game, a good defense, uh, if you want to win the playoffs. I mean, obviously you need those elite quarterbacks to come through for you in the big moments, but you know, you can't just rely on a one-sided offense. You've got to be able to do both. Yep, It was the Chiefs with 144 yards, by the way. Bengals, 172 rushing yards. Yeah. yeah, that's obviously a key contributor. Final game of the weekend last night. The 49ers hold on and beat the Cowboys. Cowgirls going home sad for the year. It's always good to see the Cowboys exit the playoffs when they make the playoffs. And they haven't won a... They haven't made it to the championship since before we were all born. And it was arguably in the most Dallas Cowboy way possible. Yeah, what right? was that Still last give play? give credit for making it. All hold right. on, I know hold we're on. about we to run what? on Dallas, but the fact that they got there, our team didn't. You can say that, so give them credit for getting there. Yeah. But what was that play? I don't know. It looked Ezekiel like... Ezekiel Elliott... It reminded the me ball at center. It, it was bad. It reminded me of the uh, Colts play mm-hmm. with their fake punt with Colt Anderson, I believe, who was under on uh, playing as center with McAfee there. Uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, but I've got an interesting note for you. I don't have the exact date here, but I saw a TikTok last night, and it's a sport. It's a guy that kind of write the sports stories. Uh, the chance meeting of Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts in an NFL game. They last met in a college football game. I want to say 2019. It was middle of the season. Uh, Oklahoma was number nine at the time. Iowa State was. They were number nine. Oklahoma was number nine and eight and one. And Iowa State was five and four. Uh, it was 42-41. Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma got the win. But uh, Brock Purdy, 19 of 30, 282 yards, five touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 18 of 26, 273, three touchdowns and a pick. So this could be an all-time classic game between two former foes in college. It could be. I mean, I don't know if the college game really has any indication of how this game will play out. But what a career for Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, remember he lost his job at Alabama. Everybody yeah. wrote him off. Then he goes to Oklahoma, has a great year. Nearly wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, gets it late or mid-round pick, you know, ends up being the starter here in Philly after Wentz gets hurt. And, you know, it's just been awesome to see him, I guess, stick with it and get better and better. And now, you know, he's one game away from the Super Bowl. I mean, Brock Purdy's a great story as well. So it's just like two great stories at quarterback in the NFC. 
All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. You can hear both those games Sunday for the conference championship round starting at 2.30 p.m. from Westwood 1, kickoff at 3 for, I believe, the NFC championship, and then at 6.30 for the AFC championship. That'll do for this segment, sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Parsons will be back after this two-minute break to wrap things up. The Wizards are about to trade a player that had a historic night on Saturday night. Talk about that after this two-minute break or two in the Sports Mix. Talk to WRNR and TV 10. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Hi, it's Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 Spencer Dupuy. When I got into a car accident and needed to get another vehicle, I wanted to go somewhere I could trust. So I went to the Heffley Motor Company at 993 Hedgesville Road. As a first-time car buyer, I really didn't know what to expect. But at Heffley, they treated me like family. Every step in the process was seamless. Not only did they give me a great deal, but they also helped me secure an amazing interest rate. Now I know firsthand why Heffley has such a great reputation in this community. I ride with Heffley Motor Company, so you should too. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. We're produced on the TV 10 side by Gerald Wright, our intern, as we finish up this this show for today, brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call them Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. As we wrap things up, I was going to talk about the Wizards getting a big win over the weekend and a historic night, 30-point night for Rui Hachimura, who made some comments after the game that were kind of iffy about what he was doing because he's, he hasn't shown up in all the games this year, Nick. He's kind of been in, in and out, I feel like, and uh, now we know why. I mean, I don't know why, necessarily. Well, we're almost have the conclusion. How but about he's that? getting moved. It appears Shams is reporting that uh, the Lakers are close to acquiring Rui Hachimura. 
for guard Kendrick Nunn and multiple second round picks. So personally, I don't like this move for Washington because I don't really know what they're getting out of it. Kendrick Nunn looked good his first few years in the league, but hasn't really done much this year at all either. And then you're just getting second round picks. That's not going to turn into anything. So I don't know. All it is to me is has dropped quite a bit. A 12th place team trading a role player to another 12th place team. Yeah, it's true, Colin. I would say that as well. Tomorrow we'll uh, talk a little Capitals. Alex Ovechkin missed the game on uh, Saturday night. We'll talk about that. Uh, And then we'll make a broadcast announcement sometime this week. Stay tuned for that. No games tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night for uh, Spring Mills at Jefferson. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For our intern, Gerald Wright, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Police saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08 on another edition of the Sports Mix. Sports Mix.